When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. Bristol City's unbeaten end has come to an end, but if an unbeaten end was to come to an end, has it come to an end at a good time? We'll come on to that to start with in just a second. Also in this episode, we'll be hearing from Lee Johnson about the Harlem Globetrotters and how he thinks Wolves are a little bit like them. Uh, Tongue-in-cheek from him, but we'll come on to that shortly. We'll hear from club captain Bailey Wright and youngster Jacob Maddox, who was once on the books of Bristol City. He's now on loan at Cheltenham from Chelsea and we'll be hearing about a very promising centre-back that may have slipped through Bristol City's net. So to begin with then, Gregor, let's talk about Sunday, the Wolves game. First half, not such a great performance from Bristol City, but a strong second half and perhaps they deserved more out of that game, didn't they? But that's the cup. When it's over, it's over. Classic game of two halves, wasn't it? Yeah, I think first half they just weren't at the races, kind of got punished, didn't they? And Wolves maybe could have scored a couple more. Obviously, Matt Doherty, who I thought was fantastic, uh, hit the post. And yeah, second half, fair play to the head coach. He brought on the two subs. I th- thought the two guys who went off were very unlucky to be um, taken off. Um, Nicholas Eliasson and Joe Morell didn't do too much wrong. In fact, I was quite impressed with how tidy Morell was in the middle. He did some really good footwork and showed yeah. composure, won a good couple of free kicks and decent positions, didn't he? Eliasson was just being Eliasson, wasn't he? Putting in a yeah, a brilliant cross after brilliant cross and he looked threatening. I thought they might get something from his crosses. But yeah, fair play to Lee Johnson. He made the changes much better than the second half, didn't they? Had, had the chances, just oh. uh, the ball just would not would not drop in the right place. I see I said the ball wouldn't fall for them. And I was in the Sky Sports News studio covering this one with Dave Edwards and he's like, Oh, it's not so much it's not falling for them, but they can't finish. But I thought, well, there were just cases like when that corn came in and Marlon Pack he, he went for it, it bounced up near the end and went over the bar. Because when you look at the stats and Bristol City were the better team. 18 shots. The problem was only five of those were on target. Uh, they had more of the ball. They completed more passes and they had a better pass accuracy. Wolves gave away loads of fouls. You look at evidence like that, and we, I know we've said this before, but when Bristol City play Premier League teams, they're right up there with them. They're never completely turned over. These are all really positive signs for the future. If it's not this season, next season, you would fancy Bristol City to be... Right up there. I know we're talking about the playoffs this season, and if they went up, I think they'd be okay. But you just feel playing these teams, they're getting better and better, even though they lost. They're more than matching them, aren't they, Gregor? They are. I thought there was a lot of positives at the end of the game. Obviously, second half was really good, and they pushed Wolves a lot. And on another day, you could easily see them getting a goal, if not more, against against a side like Wolves there. And yeah, let's not forget, as plenty of people have said, this is a team who are seventh in the Premier League who've come, and they've they've really been hanging on, um, hanging on at the end there, haven't they? I mean, <laughs> there was a little bit of play acting at times, mm. but as happens, and yeah, so. Uh, I d- it's maybe not the worst thing, as people have said, because obviously the Robins can now concentrate on the league. And yeah, I, I suppose we have to look ahead and say, well, the Millwall game coming up is going to be moved, obviously, with Millwall still being in the cup. But yep. 
So we will have another midweek match to factor in then, uh, but maybe that weekend of rest might come at the right time for, for City in, in the vital stage of this season. When you look at this unbeaten run coming to an end then, uh, and also the wins in a row, nine wins in a row going into this, I, I said to Lee Johnson, we had a chat with him last week for Sky, and he said he had to be honest that the league is the bread and butter. Mm. You know, They love the cup competition, but would you rather they lost in the FA Cup than the league at this point? Yeah, possibly. I mean, unless they're going to go on and win the FA Cup. I mean, yeah, semi-final would be nice, but we had that last year. Mm. So, I, I mean, it's, it's difficult for me to say because I'm not a natural Bristol City fan, obviously invested in the club now, covering them for, for, for a fair bit. But, yeah, I, I personally, I think, well, the club has said that they would like um, Premier League football and... Um, I, obviously they were asked recently in fact weren't they John mm. Lansdowne and, and Mark Ashton and Lee Johnson at the Digital Fans Forum and and both John and Lee said that they would rather that the club was promoted to the Premier League and I'm not sure if that's a sad indictment of sort of the financial realities of football or not. Um, but it's the elite competition. It's the it best is. competition in Europe, isn't it? It is. Would you say the Premier League's better than the Champions League? No. Okay, it, it's one of the best. <laughs> okay, it's the best league in Europe. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> possibly, possibly so. Does the okay. Champions League count as a league? No, no, no. no. But no, what I'm trying to what say is no. it's the best league in Europe. Would you rather be in the Premier League or win the FA Cup? Yeah, although what I would say was that Football didn't start with the Premier League, did it? So it started with the first division. Yeah, exactly. So and Bristol City at the end of the seventies had a fantastic run up there with uh, mm-hmm. Alan Dix and that that team. So uh, they have been in the top division. As I, I thought, maybe someone should maybe have reminded John Lansdowne at the fans forum. But yeah, I, I can see it from the club's point of view. Let's be honest, the Premier League is 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 a different kettle of fish, and certainly financially as well. We shouldn't shouldn't rule that oh, out yeah. because. Because, yeah, the financial rewards of, of the TV deal slice of the pie that you get... Tens of millions yeah, of pounds. Yeah, exactly. Can can make a huge difference to your club. So, Bristol City perhaps deserve more from that game. Uh, let's hear what Lee Johnson thought. Uh, I'm not sure whether he was playing Wolves or the Harlem Globetrotters at one point. There was, uh, <laughs> there was three handballs. The one that Bolly uh, received it from the goalkeeper as well. But, um, yeah, obviously that's just... Uh, listen, the referees, at least they were consistent with it. You know, the bit, the one that disappointed me, though, was the goal because it was clear that although it was a ricochet do you know what I mean it, it laid the ball perfectly into the path um, of Doherty wasn't it to be able to to square it into an area where we didn't have uh, players recovering anywhere near quick enough Gregor Harlem Globetrotters uh, what do you make of that comment yeah, it's funny that because um, Lee sort of shoehorned that into the press conference at the end there. And uh, yeah, I, I can understand it in a way, um, like, because there was three dubious decisions there. It was interesting, wasn't it? The BT Sport picked out the Jada Silver one, did a big thing on a uh, little feature and put it to Nuno Espirito Santo himself about um, that cross that maybe could have been picked up. I can't remember who, which Wolves player that um, I'm not, I'm flicked, not sure. flicked off his hand, I think. It but it wasn't, but you've got to say if there was VAR. Like there was in other games. That's where it's that's, not fair. Well, how can you have VAR in some games and not others? I know it's because they're Premier League grounds, but you can't use VAR in one game and not the other. It's not fair. It favours the big teams, probably, doesn't it? Because it's only being used at Premier League Stadia. Yeah, I mean, just going back to Lee Johnson, the, the, the Doherty... Am I saying that right or is it Doherty? I say Doherty. I know most people say Doherty, but I got told once that it is Matt Doherty. Okay, well, let's go with Doherty then. Um, the, obviously, the ball just rebounds perfectly. I, I never think in that situation it's a handball because it just gets blasted at you and you don't have a time to react 
Mm. And it has to be deliberate, doesn't it? So Yeah, yeah, but I think there were a couple of decent shouts for penalties. Oh yeah, dear, yeah, don't don't get me wrong. Maybe on the balance, sort of three shouts, then you probably should be deserved one, shouldn't you? That's football when we look back at the QPR game last week, isn't it? And maybe they got the penalty they shouldn't have had, but they should have had ones earlier in the game. Uh, let's hear now from club captain Bailey Wright. So, close game today. Unfortunate in many ways. Just didn't drop at the right times, maybe. But you guys have pushed balls all the way there, haven't you? Yeah, we have. Um, you know, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. We had little opportunities that maybe, you know, that little bit of luck or the ball dropped for you or I had a good chance. Thomas, maybe a little one. Frankie Fielding could have been the... Uh, Unlikely hero in, in our box, but um, no, I think it's it's a good it's a good test for us and a good um, marker of uh, two halves of the game really. The first one of us letting them off and showing a little bit too much respect, and then the second half showing why we are where we are and what team we are and really going for the game. So um, a lot for us to learn and a lot for us to be proud of. Absolutely. And what was the message from Lee at half time? Because second half you guys were really at it and created some really good chances. Yeah. I've, pretty much what I've just said there he wanted us to, to go and take it to them and, and play the football we've played all season regardless of who we play um, we wanted to go out and win the game um, you could see that more in the second half than the first half you know a little few changes give us a little bit of a spark um, but yeah he got you know not stuck into us but you know, liven us up a bit and rightly so we needed it yeah for you personally obviously back in the team today and how do you find it a good run out there yeah it was good it was a, a tough game and no, no, another good test against, like I say, a top-quality Premier League team now. Um, a lot of them are similar players to what we played last year and um, could have wear credit's due. They've, I think they've gone on to another level and you know, that's, that's what a taste of the Premier League does does to players. And you know, we, we, want, we want similar for us. We want to feel the same thing playing in the Premier League. So it's a good marker and you know, someone, you know, good opposition for us to learn off, um, but also believe that we're, we're more than good enough. And what's the plan now? I guess Norwich away, get back on the run, start a new one, yeah? Yeah, oh, I don't really care about the run, to be honest. Um, you know, we've got ourselves in the position where we are because of um, continuing to do the right things and with that has come good form. That's um, what we do in the next game and obviously Norwich away is a tough test but this championship is the games you, you want to be fit and ready for and be part of because you know, the running is going to be exciting and we're looking forward to it. Bailey Wright, club captain there, speaking to Gregor after the Wolves' defeat. Gregor, interesting selection from Lee Johnson when you're up against some of the best fullbacks and the quickest uh, forwards in the Premier League. Why do you think he went with Bailey Wright on a Sunday afternoon? Well, he's the club captain. He has played well recently. I thought he, has, he was. Yeah. I thought he was really good up at Stoke when he came in. He played centre back that day. Uh, I always think. Uh, Bailey Wright has, has actually played better, possibly, in the bigger games. Mm. I remember in the t- three games against Manchester United, uh, sorry, at Manchester United and Manchester City last season, I thought Bailey Wright might get caught out a little bit um, mm. at right-back, but he wasn't. He, he really put in a good showing. I think Lee Johnson really likes his leadership capabilities and obviously his big communicator on the pitch. You'd expect all that, those as the club captain. And yeah, he's a great character, Bailey. Everybody knows this from um, if you speak to him at all and... He just generally is. So, yeah, these guys need time on the pitch. So, and I'm not too sure about Eros Pisano's fitness just at the moment. Yeah, he was I, I thought he might start. Oh, was, was he sick, was he? So, you've got Eros Pisano, you've got Bailey Wright and Jack Hunt coming back as well. Who do you start if all three are fit? Um, it's, it is a tough one. Uh, I is, think this is where This is where... What Lee Johnson, Jamie McAllister and Dean Holden see him training. Yeah. Is what we don't see. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That plays a part in it. I mean, for me, yeah, 
you ideally building up your squad, you want two players for every position to have that competition, and then also when injury suspension strike, etc. For me, I like Pisano because uh, he adds a few goals, I think, as well. Bailey Wright has got the athleticism and the leadership, but then Jack Hunt is the is, is the ex- well. Um, he's, the more, he's the more creative guy. He's, 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 he's crossing and he's dribbling. He's a little bit more agile than the other Yeah, he'll get forward, two. won't he? Yeah, so it depends what you want, maybe match to match, yeah, and mm-hmm. who you're playing and who, who's going to be up against you. They've all got something to offer and um, because Bailey Wright can play across the back there, then I, I think that you can probably accommodate the three of them. So the Millwall game then uh, is going to be postponed, Gregor. That was due to be played the weekend of the 15th and the 16th of March. The problem with that, Gregor, is that's postponed. Could that? Could they fit in that game in April? I don't think they can, can they? Because they've got seven fixtures in April at the moment. They can't be doing with any more games around them because that is really when the run-in will be. So I can't mm. see when they're going to fit that game in in April. But is there a danger that the league might try and chuck it in there? Or do you think that'll be played sort of midweek in March at some point? I'm sure they'll find a midweek slot for it. I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't think City are playing too many midweek games though in April, are they? On the, I guess the problem is you, a few. You, you've obviously got Easter coming up and the old. Uh, you've got Good header. Friday, yeah, Easter yeah. Monday as well. So yeah. I don't, I just, it's going to be tricky to fit it in. But I know it could be a weekend off. But actually, depending on where it lands, if it's in April, that could harm their chances, couldn't it? Mm. it yeah, it could. I, you're probably going to end up with a situation where you're facing like three games in the space of six, seven days. And well, OK, so they play on the 2nd of April, they play on the yeah. 6th, they play on the 9th, so okay. that's two Tuesdays in a row. Then they play on the Saturday after that, and then it's the Friday, Monday with Easter. Mm. So there is no room for that fixture in yeah. April. So it this, can't be in April, can this it? Is, this could be, yeah, this, this is a good point. Um, where is that game going to come? They're going to have to slot it in March now, aren't they? Yeah, what about, what's the, what's the situation at the beginning of May? Beginning of May, well, final, got a, final the final game are, is on the 5th, so they would have to play it. Uh, well, yeah, imagine if they did, imagine how big that could be at that point, to have mm. that game in hand. Would you rather have that game in hand, or would you rather be the team with a win ahead of them? Um, I'd be the, rather be the team that wins. Yeah, but either way, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is it. You know, the Bristol City's fixtures are stacking up, not because of them doing well now mm. in club in cup competitions, because of other teams. You know, they've got the Borough game coming up on a Tuesday night. Uh, that's a long away trip for fans in the middle of the week too. So, just really starting to look at these fixtures now and think, where can they get the points? It's crunch time, isn't it? But I don't think, Gregor, they have to win every game now by any means to finish in the top six. They no, don't. No, no, they don't. I said this in my column last yeah. week. You know, they're not in a situation where every game is a must win. If you look at someone like Villa or Birmingham, if they've got a shout at the playoffs, you'd think they have to win pretty much every game. Bristol City could afford, they could afford a couple of losses in there as well, couldn't they? And they could still make the top six. Norwich this weekend away. <sighs> Norwich lost to Preston the other week, 3-1, which was a real surprise because they came back out... Uh, the following game, and, and they were fantastic. Norwich at home at Carrow Road. They score lots of goals. Oh, this is a tough one, Gregor. I, I feel like I've said this too many times when Bristol City have gone and got a win, but a draw would be good here, wouldn't it? Against top of the league, Norwich, as we speak. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the thing that's giving me sort of extra hope is that Norwich City have lost four times in the league at home this season, which is a fair amount for a team that's top of the table. Uh, last time they lost, um, I think, three or four games ago was against Derby, 4-3. So That was at home, yeah. Yeah, um, so if Bristol City can get the goals going at Carroll Road, which mm-hmm. won't be easy, then they could they could get a result there. And yeah, let's... The game at Ashton Gate was pretty close between the two teams. Yeah. I thought Bristol City were on top for a large spell, but I thought 
Norwich City did end the game better, if I'm honest. And yeah, so... What's what's really important now, though, is that Bristol City play Norwich straight after playing Wolves. Two really tough games. They could lose on, on Saturday. And I think maybe that's expected. Probably if you checked the odds with the bookies, Norwich will be favourites. But just because they lose these two games doesn't mean that they're their season's falling apart or anything, does it? Because I think there can be a tendency sometimes to think, oh, they lost two in a row now. They're out of form. I wouldn't say they are out of form if they lose on Saturday, would you? No, certainly not, because it'd be against two good teams. You're right. Um, they've got they've got crucial fixtures coming up. Yeah. And you're right, they, they might not get a result at Norwich. Hopefully they will. And if they don't, then yes, yeah, a case of just bouncing back. And... But they've got Birmingham after that. And uh, But the problem is after that, they've got Preston who are the bogey team for mm. them. So you think sort of going into these three games, actually, if they get four points in these three games, that might seem quite pessimistic normally. But given that Preston are an absolute nightmare for Bristol City mm. and Norwich are top of the league, you'd be targeting a victory against Birmingham, perhaps a point against Norwich and maybe a point against Preston. OK, five points in three games. And they'd still be in the mix, you'd expect. Yes, yes. I, I, I think they're due for something against Preston. I know, obviously, they have that... Awful run of results against them. And, and actually, I thought Preston were really good when they came down at, to Ashton Gate uh, last time around. But, yeah, surely uh, there, it's the team Something's there got to give, be, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe they can use that spur I was going to say, if, we'll come on more to this next week, but if they were to beat Preston, mm. would you think that this could be their year for the playoffs? Yeah, I... I'm optimistic. I, I honestly think they will finish in the top six at the moment. I just just think with the run they're on, if they can get if they can get a, one of a win, maybe yeah, maybe a couple of wins in the next mm-hmm. three to four games, then I think they'll be in the mix definitely. And I'll tell you who's similar to them, obviously in terms mm. of points and, and games to come is Derby. Mm. Derby arguably, arguably have an easier run in, but they've got to still play West Brom. Bristol City play Derby on the 27th of April, which you feel is going to be absolutely massive. But they also have this postponement because of the FA Cup with Swansea. So these two teams are going to be right in line. You'd expect to be there or thereabouts within three points of each other come the start of April. You'd expect. I mean, I know it's only the 19th of February at the time of recording. If they are, then is it going to be between Derby and Bristol City for that last spot? Or do you think Borough come into it? What about Forest? Are they going to make uh, yeah. a surge under Martin O'Neill? I, I definitely think Borough aren't out of it. I mean, they were that was a huge result for them to get the 1-0 win at Blackburn Rovers the other day if they hadn't got that. But, but, but what I'm saying is, do you think Borough are set to make the top six? And is the last... What I'm asking you is, who is the last spot between? Those three for me. Those three. West, um, what, what about, sorry, Middlesbrough, Derby... No, I, no, Forest aren't good enough for me. Um, they've, I know they've had a couple of wins recently. You'd expect that with a new manager coming in. But from the game when they when Bristol City went there and won, and won 1-0, they really did not look mm. the part. And I just don't think their form's good enough to put that run of wins together. Also, yeah, they're going through changes there with O'Neill sort of finding his best team, etc. No, I'm ruling them out. I think it's between two from uh, Derby, Bristol City and Middlesbrough. But and Bristol City have got to play. Leeds, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough and West Brom and Villa. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm Derby. I, I think it's going to come down <laughs> to City's home form, basically. If they can get the wins at Ashton Gate, and this is key, they, they need to get everybody, the stadium rocking, which it has been. Uh, if they can just maintain a bit of form, I'm sure that the, the whole ground will be bouncing, will be seeing Seven the home Johnson games. bouncing. Seven yeah. home games left. Yeah. What they need is goals at home. That's the key thing. That we need the, the guys, where, where this team is not, is not quite up to the rest mm. of the other sides is they don't have that strike partnership that the other sides have got. They need, First time in a long time. They need Deju and 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 Jamie Patterson, or if not Patterson, then then uh, two other guys, mm. Matty Taylor, definitely, mm. all to chip in with goals. Vital at this uh, stage of the season now. If they can get those yeah. goals, they'll get the home wins. Yeah, and then, yeah, I agree with you. And then... Um, Isn't it interesting, though, that they haven't had this formidable striker this season? And arguably, they're coming good at a later time. Yes, it's it's also a bit strange as well for a Lee Johnson side because he's normally pretty good at finding that twenty mm. goal striker. Mm. So I don't know, maybe he's he's got something that he can pull out of the hat. Maybe I'd I'd quite like to see Palmer given a, a shot up front. Um, what a like ten a, roll or out and out striker? Of, like a false nine kind of okay. position, but nine and a half. Maybe that's my uh, inner hipster. <laughs> Gregor, if there's one thing I wouldn't refer to you as, it is a hipster. Um, <laughs> but what you are good at is finding stories and an amazing story this week about a centre-back that signed for a Premier League club and that has slipped through Bristol City's net. Tell us more. Yeah, and I'm going to start off by saying that I think I might have annoyed some of the people at the Bristol City Academy publishing this story, but I I don't work for the club and so my reasoning for publishing this story is, is basically that I actually hope Steve Lansdowne would read the story and say, listen, how have we missed out on a really upcoming young talent from Bristol. Because, let's be honest, the Robins should be hoovering up all the local talent. So that's my main motivation in publishing this story. So uh, so hopefully the fans see it and, uh, and basically questions are asked. And yeah, the story is about a young guy called Kasper Laparta, who um, has just been playing with the Poland under-18 squad in Spain, out at the La Manga Club. And he, he's a really, um, really good young player, as I say, a defender. I saw him playing at the beginning of this season, back in September. He played for Bristol City under-18s, and they beat Cardiff City under-18s, who were at that time unbeaten, and uh, had Craig Bellamy managing them, um, coaching them, of course. And yeah, Laparta was excellent, helped the Robins to a clean sheet. He was on a six-week trial at that point and he'd been he'd been around the region i know that bristol city were aware of him for a long time he's been he spent time at yeovil town he also had trials at tottenham and coventry and he was at sgs college and he was playing very well at sgs sgs college and this is chiefly where other teams have really taken notice of him he was on trial at bristol city he played for the under 18s bristol city offered him a two year deal and then in swooped brighton um at for, and yeah the seagulls have offered him a two year deal as well mm. and he's ended up going to the premier league side and obviously in one respect you'd say well choice between a premier league club and championship club you'd you'd probably go for the premier league club most times i guess the mitigating factors are that obviously he's he's from the bristol region although he is Polish, as I say. He came over when he was nine years old. He played for AFC St. Valia, I believe, a team in Filton. Mm-hmm. And um, he might have played in some of the local leagues as well, I've heard today. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Our sources tell us. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it's a really great story for him. He's he's just played, actually, for Bryson in the FA Youth Cup. And um, Brighton knocked out Manchester United. And they won 3-1 up in Manchester. And Laparta marks... 
Mason Greenwood, who is one of Manchester United's best up-and-coming talents. He's a striker, really highly rated. And yeah, Laparta has, has, has done really well against him. So this shows the calibre of player we're we're dealing with. He might be. He might go on and um, <clears throat> be called up by the under 19s and the under 20s of Poland, and he could well be a full Polish international. And unfortunately, Bristol City have, have, have missed out on How him. The, this does happen. Players, players get missed. It's going to happen, and you have to be so lucky to become a professional footballer as well as immensely talented. Do you think that Bristol City are missing a lot of young players? No, I don't. I don't. Um, I don't. I think we spoke the other week, didn't we, about Antoine Semenyo coming through, and that is a brilliant pick up by the academy there and um, they've done they've done really well and obviously we all know about your, your Joe Bryans Bobby Rees Lloyd Kelly's and Joe Morrell playing the other day he's yeah. another success story but there's plenty of talent in the um, Bristol City Academy we've spoken about this many many times and yeah I just think on this one occasion they've they've unfortunately missed out on a on another top talent um, and because it's somebody from locally and from the Filton area obviously where the academy is then um the club just needs to needs to look at that and make sure it, it doesn't happen. But they'll be doing that. So, um, as I say, I, ju- I just hope to um, sort of, uh, let the fans know and, 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 and prompt questions about it. Yeah, and uh, another young player you've actually spoken to, or our colleague has spoken to this week, who was part of the Bristol City youth set-up, is Jacob Maddox. Yeah. Now, what happened with him? Because he's now a Chelsea player. Yeah, he he's a, a Bristolian. He was in the Bristol City Academy until the age of 13 or 14. And then he unfortunately went to Chelsea. But he's, yeah, he's, he's it's taken him a while, I think it's probably fair to say, for him to make his mark at Chelsea. He's obviously not done that in the first team or anything, but he's now gone on loan to Cheltenham Town. Uh, and he's done well for England under-19s, and he's already played for the England under-20s as well. Um, so he's certainly a very, very talented young guy. Given the links, we're going to hear from him in just a second, but given the links that Lee Johnson and Bristol City have with Chelsea, and we saw Lee Johnson at the game on Monday night when Chelsea played Manchester United chatting to John Terry, is there a chance that Jacob Maddox, given his links to Bristol City, could come back here on loan at some point? Yeah, absolutely. I think... I. I, I yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about that for concrete, but I'm sure that that there might have been thoughts um, to do that. I, th- I think he's got a lot of connections with the Bristol City Academy as it as it stands. And yeah, he, he sounds like he's um, still a fan of Bristol. I have to say that it was my colleague, Adam yeah. Goodwin, um, give him the shout out at this point, who um, has done the interview with Cheltenham. He's done a really great job. And um, in particular, it was interesting to hear sort of Jacob's uh, views on on the move to Chelsea and being very honest about that. And also in relation to Antoine Semenyo, who obviously has attracted interest from Chelsea as well recently. So Okay, yeah. Um, let's uh, have a quick listen to this chat then. Adam was in a very noisy mix zone, so hopefully you can uh, hear most of this when he caught up with Jacob Maddox. Um, so how is... Obviously, you come from Chelsea on loan. It's your first loan. How do you think you've developed since coming there? Um, I think I've done well. Obviously, first loan is always difficult, especially um, from going to Chelsea because obviously you play differently. Um, I think that was the whole point of the loan, really, just to um, get a grasp of the di- a different side of the game. Obviously, men's football is massive. Um, can't really replicate that in 23's football. So, coming to men's football, the intensity and the physicality. Um, I think it will benefit me massively, and um, I think it took, me, it took me about one or two games to adapt to that. Really, but I think, in all fairness, I did. I've done all right. I adapted quite well. 
um, put in some very good performances and try to be pretty consistent. And obviously you moved to Chelsea when, from Bristol when you were quite young. Yeah. Do you still go back to Bristol? Um, yeah, I live in Bristol now, conveniently, so um, it's quite nice to live, live at home with the family, yeah. uh, see friends a bit more. Um, quite a change, like you said, because I've been in London since I was about 14. That's when I moved up, so to live at home in Bristol, obviously Chatham was just down the road, so mm. yeah, like I said, it's convenient. Do you still keeping on the results? And... Of course, yeah. Um, obviously looking at old teammates as well, how they're doing. A few of us went on loan this year, so it's, it's nice to always... It's kind of a football football league feel mm. sort of thing, you know. It's nice to follow everyone's journeys. Obviously, mine's just started as well. So obviously looking at our results mainly, but also other teams. And who do you, who do you still keep in contact with from the club? There's a few few players I've obviously played, growing up playing with. Um, Trevor Chaloza, Ipswich, obviously Mason Mount. Um, and then a few few more players in, in League One and League Two. And uh, do you know any? Do you know Casey Palmer and Jada Silver? Yeah, yeah, know them really well. Um, to be fair, I played the Youth League, Champions League Youth League with them. It was three three years back now, where we won against PSG. So um, yeah, they're great, great players, and obviously both doing well. Were you in contact with them before you before they joined the club? Um, I wasn't actually. No, I just um, they're a bit older than me, so um, obviously I, I do know them, and um, yeah, they're doing well. Um, and do you still keep in contact with anyone from Bristol? Is there anyone that's still there that you still keep in contact with? Um, yeah, I know a few of the boys. Obviously, they're doing pretty well as well in the championship right now. Um, know a few of the young girls like Doyle Kelly. Um, and then obviously Joe Morrell who was here last year mm-hmm. so I know a few few players like that just from when my time there even though it's quite a long, long time ago but yeah so it's good to see them do well as well and um, obviously you moved from Bristol to Chelsea when you were quite young yeah. um, if you were going to give advice to other players that were obviously thinking about making a move to a big club do you yeah. think it's best to develop at the club you're at or do you think you know the, the lure of a team like Chelsea is too yeah. much sometimes I think you've got to look at the opportunities it brings with joining a club like Chelsea or a top top team you know you're in the best 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 competitions in Europe training and playing with and against the best players in Europe so all in all it's going to make you better eventually do you know what I mean so it's all about giving yourself the best platform to achieve what you can the best you can be so I think in that case it's, all, it's always an eye opener when a club like Chelsea or a bigger club you know likes to look at you so for me obviously I took that and you know I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity and um, I don't know if you know Antoine Semenyo do you know him well yeah. or not? Uh, not too well not too well uh, he's been linked with Chelsea what advice would you give to him obviously he's been linked with Chelsea do you think that would be a good move for him? it depends really you know he's, um, he's obviously still young um, he's been given he's done well going on loan I would say um, but now he's at a club like Bristol City who are flying you know and if they're willing to give youngsters a chance it's kind of a 50-50 it's, it's, it's his opinion but he's obviously doing the right things if a club like Chelsea or whoever are interested that was our colleague uh, Adam catching up with Jacob Maddox uh, it wasn't a mix zone Gregor informs me it was a cafe that's a nice place to do interviews they just need to think it's a little bit noisy guys it was down at Chelsea out. Yeah, so um, I'm watching Cheltenham against Cambridge tonight, so it'll be interested to see how he fares. Just mentioned Antoine Semenya at, at the end there, and uh, still sort of waiting for him to be involved, aren't we, Gregor? When do you think he's going to get the nod? I mean, it's not going to happen against Norwich, is it? Yeah, a bit surprised he hasn't been on the bench a bit more recently, but then I guess you, you need to rotate the squad, keep everybody happy. Yeah, I'm not too sure. He, he scored a couple of goals, didn't he, behind closed doors against Swindon recently. Hopefully he's going to... He's going to be involved. My understanding is basically that Semenyo has been brought back and he's going to be given um, some chances because it'll help to raise his value at the very least. Mm. So, yeah, if not, make it at Bristol City. So I'm sure at some point he is going to be given some game time, but we might need to be patient. Yeah. 
Indeed, right. So uh, Norwich this weekend then. We'll be back next week talking about the Bristol City-Birmingham game. That's a big match, Gregor. I mean, three points is a must in that game, isn't it, given that they're just behind them in the table at the time of speaking? Yes. I, I Well, my hope is that they can basically replicate the, the performance they put in over at St Andrews and, and get another win. You'd expect them to maybe raise their game a little bit, being on home turf. So, yeah, we'll see Birmingham... I don't know what what's their form been like recently. It's been a bit patchy, hasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's been a bit patchy. I mean, they're they're just outside the playoff uh, places by a few points at the time of recording. You know, they've got a good team, but they don't have the financial investment. They're in a pickle financially, that's for sure. Uh, they did beat Nottingham Forest the other week, but then um, and they beat QPR dramatically, but they lost to Bolton, which you wouldn't expect. So Blackburn for them this weekend. So uh, we'll have to see what happens at Ashton Gate on Tuesday night under the lights. That's all we have time for this week, Greg and I. Will We'll be back next week looking ahead to that bogey team which is Preston and reflecting on those couple of results. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review us and thank you for listening. Robins on the wire.